Hi, welcome to Haven. This is a podcast that's a safe space for curiosity and conversation. I'm your host, Haven, and today I'm curious about hidden vices and blind spots. Hidden vices and blind spots. I'm going to start with the gentler one, which is blind spots, because those feel like a way safer entry into just telling you about my hidden vices and secrets. But blind spots or even just kind of like recurring weaknesses that you know about yourself. Sometimes it's just things that keep coming up or sometimes it's a gaping character issue you don't know about yourself. For me, I'm thinking of blind spots. The most easy one to know is typos. If I work really, really hard and look over things, I can, you know, have the platform plugins like Grammarly. I can double check. Thank God for autocorrect. But my natural tendency is to have a thousand typos, especially if I'm tired, especially if I'm in a rush. My closest friends and my assistant, they just know, please assume the gist of what I'm saying. And if it really is unsure, ask, but just use your best judgment and hope that you narrow it down. But I see that in everywhere. My mom was saying that my worst subject growing up was reading comprehension. Not because I didn't understand what was happening. It was because I was just reading so fast that I would get to the end and it would ask questions and I would flub it because I didn't actually either really read it or I just moved to things of going to the end. Like I will never be a perfectionist. I think that takes too much time. Why care about that exact last percent when you can just get the majority of things? Uh, This is wrong, by the way. I'm not saying you should be a perfectionist, but I'm telling you this is a weak spot of mine of you should care about those details. But I almost went to the other extent of like, I'm going to try really, really, really hard and work on this to the the level. Some people were like, wow, you're so detail oriented. And I was like, why do they think this about me? There's no way I'm detail oriented. But the way that I would argue is focus where it's it's like a... um, camera lens where my natural is big picture. But if you tell me to zone in and focus on one thing, I can do that. But it's not my natural mode of operation. And I think about last, was it Christmas or birthday? No, it was Christmas. I was getting a friend. She loves um, John and Vinny's banana bread. So I was like, not only am I going to get her the banana bread, I'm going to find their recipe so she can make it at home. Later on, she's like, this banana bread's amazing. Like, I can't believe it's almost essentially vegan besides like the salted butter. And I was telling Aaron that he goes, that's not true. There's definitely eggs in there. And I look up the recipe my friend sent me. and I was like, there's definitely eggs in there. Then I was like, oh no, can you send me the recipe card that I hand wrote for you? I had forgotten to put the eggs on there. So I did all this very extravagant gift And I miswrote the actual freaking recipe card of how to make the banana bread. Like that's so an example of me. Or another example is my daughter wanted to wear her flower girl dress again for a party. And I was like, no, not for a party. She just wanted to wear it on a random day. And I was like, well, it's too fancy. Let's not get it messy. But why don't we throw you a tea party? So I invited all of the preschoolers in her class. We went so extra. Me and my friend Kim, we co-hosted it at her house. We got like, she got a little toddler table. We had little finger sandwiches, dietary restrictions for the kids with allergies. We asked the parents to come in all black. So they were like the Met Gala waitress. Then I look at the invite I sent. Wrong date. Yep. 
yeah, all this extra stuff. My sister is off camera laughing at me. It is, thank God we caught it. But I'm like this kind of thing where I will go so extra and this one moment will ruin everything. And then I'm going to also share a story that I reserve the right to cut where you may not hear this because I may be too embarrassed to share it. But one time in college, so I was a tour rep for World Vision. They let you sponsor kids in third world countries and <laughs> my sister's laughing so hard. <laughs> my husband's saying, keep the story. I don't know, guys. You may not ever hear this story may not see the light of day. But I was a tour rep for World Vision. So I would structure all of my college classes to be like Tuesday, Thursday. I typically fly out Thursday night, work a conference Friday, Saturday, fly back Sunday. I lived in Dallas. There was an event that was in... Oklahoma. And I was like, great, I'll just drive after classes Thursday. I don't have to fly. So that morning, my sister and I, she ended up going to the same college as me. And so we would like drive together to school. And that morning I had put like, this was before phones. This was in a Garmin GPS on my car, like an accessory. I had put the address in there to see like, what time do I need to leave? Again, thinking things in advance or so I thought. I forgot though, my sister and I were driving to school and we had an argument about how far Austin was. So I put it in the GPS just to check. I didn't save it. So I didn't think anything of it. That being said, after college classes, I'm going and driving to what I thought was Oklahoma. And I see this sign and it's like something about Austin. And I was like, that's weird. And so I look up on a map. Oh, it's the same way to Austin. This must mean if you exit and turn around, you go to Austin. How dumb do I have to be? And then I freaking like three hours later get there and it says welcome to Austin and everything makes sense. And I'm like yelling in my car, like straight up screaming at myself, being like, you're kidding me. I drove to Austin. How? How? The sign said it and I didn't really think about it. I had to drive all the way back to Dallas, then to Oklahoma. It was a miserable long night. The story's funny now, but one, it was not funny at the time, and two, it was really embarrassing. So all that to say, <laughs> I don't want to keep this story, but I feel like I have to, of everyone has weaknesses. <laughs> everyone has blind spots. Everyone has weaknesses. It means you're human. We're going to talk about them today, just in general. So I was like, okay, modern day, modern day besides like typos, recipe cards, you know, directionally challenge, like what are my weaknesses? So I texted out four kind of groups. I asked my best friend, Candace, my siblings in our group chat, my mom and my business partner, Kyle. And I said, hey, I'm going to do a podcast talking about kind of weaknesses, blind spots. Like it would help me to know, like, what do you think mine are? You know, <clears throat> my best friend, Candace said, I don't like this game. And didn't answer me. My siblings both said, this sounds like a trap. And I was like, no, like, I really want to know. And my brother just wrote back, um, well, yeah, sometimes you voice memo texts. And I was like, okay, close enough. Can you go deeper? And then my sister's like, well, you like trashy reality TV. And I was like, technically not weaknesses, but they didn't play the game. My business partner, Kyle was like, yeah, like maybe you take on too much sometimes. He was like, but He's like, it's really hard for me to kind of think about this one. So I was 0 for 3. Then my precious mom, she gave me an amazing email, very thoughtful, very like, like well put and articulate. I'll weave it in that part later, but she was the only one who answered me. So I was like, okay, how can someone help identify their own blind spots, weaknesses, but almost like character issues, you know, like what are your character issue blind spots? And there's actually a really good... Um, strategy for that. 
I remember someone told me it a couple years ago where um, you ask someone, hey, what's someone that like in your life or around your life that kind of like bugs you? Like who kind of gets under your skin and what are their qualities? And I remember I asked like a couple people and one person, he was like, well, yeah, this other guy was like super loud and obnoxious. He always has to be the funniest guy in the room. And this was someone I used to work with, like when I was touring World Vision, he was saying that about someone else. And in my head, I was like, that's you. Like, you're describing elements of you. And if you ask each person, sometimes it's almost embarrassing. And I remember being like, well, actually, this is a fun game. Like you actually just described yourself. No one thinks it's fun. Everyone thinks it's embarrassing and that you just looked at their dirty laundry or they reject it. Like, it's a helpful question to be honest with yourself. I know someone else who's like, oh, there's a really whiny woman that bugs me. Everything about her is like, you know, complaining. But really, she actually wasn't like that. She wasn't whiny because she shut that down. Growing up, her mom didn't let her whine. Growing up, her mom was like, you're not allowed to complain at all. So when she saw someone else diving into that and expressing that, she was like, that's wrong. That's bad. You shouldn't do that, which really means I'm not allowing myself to ever do that. So it gets flipped on you. So for me, mine was when I was asked this question, there was this young girl who she came into the space like an amateur and was acting like she owned the place and was like super entitled and not respecting the people around her. And I was like, yeah, there's totally elements of me there that I'm rejecting in myself completely. I see it in her and I think, oh, you should respect those around you. But deep down, I would love to act entitled. And I do sometimes. I do. I, I know this about myself is sometimes it can be in that sense. And there's a positive to that and a negative side. Sometimes everything, they say it like the light side and the shadow side of both. And holistically, they're all present there. So there can be silly blind spots. There can be deep ones. And let's see where they are together without necessarily judging them. Like, I know this part's present in myself. I don't want to shame it and put it in the side in the shadow and pretend it's not about myself. And it's not there. I'm human. It's going to present itself. Everyone's shadow self is going to present themselves. And what does it look like? And then I want to read a little bit about what my mom said in her email, because it was really a depth of beautiful elements about it that I want to read off. So my mom was saying like, she wrote me a long email, so I'm going to jump different parts, but that's also, I almost named this pop podcast things my mom taught me because, um, I've gleaned so much from her and who she is as a person. And so I'm sure over the coming episodes or the past episodes, you're going to hear me talk about her a lot. I'll have her as a guest eventually, but she's also kind of just like the greatest, one of the greatest sources of wisdom and, um, grace in my life where she was like, this is a bit of a nuanced question to respond to in writing rather than conversation where you can hear the tone, but I'll try. Just keep in mind, you've asked my perspective on any blind spot in you that I might see. So inherent in that, I'm aware that it would just be a small part of you, a spot of you. There's so much more amazing with you than any area that may be challenging want to grow um, by coming into the light. She was also saying other people's blind spots are easier for us to see. If they're also part of ourselves, we don't want to see in our own selves. It's easier to judge others than it is to acknowledge where the shadow also shoves up in our lives. So with that caveat, you're so confident, smart, wise. Those are definitely two different strengths and you possess both to them. Decisive, strong, and brave. This gives you the ability to see a situation, assess it quickly, determine the best course of action, and have the cojones to go for it. 
the shadow side or blind spot is that you're convinced your way of doing things is the best way. And by the way, it often is because you don't just do things willy-nilly. You think things through. You have a lot of experience from which to make a good decision. And you see the course that makes the most sense to you. You don't want to just do it. You don't take no for an answer and you don't back down on questions, at least not right away. The shadow side of this is that you're so focused on your perspective that it's sometimes difficult for you to see other perspectives that have equal validity. They're just coming from a different point of view. You can't see from your laser focus, focus perspective, hence blind spot. Yeah, she's right. She's totally right. I feel seen and it helps me know, okay, this part of me is here. What does it look like in the good and the working side? She also said something so interesting about even the concept of um, blind spots in general. She also added this part I want to include here. She goes, by the way, the phrase, if you spot it, you got it, is specifically referring to blind spots. The Greek philosopher Epictetus, I really don't know, mom. I didn't ask you how to pronounce this, said, when you're offended at any man's faults, turn to yourself and study your own faults. It's the greater concept of we all have blind spots and the only way you can actually really see them is in community with people who know you well enough and asking them uh, and giving them permission to tell you these things about yourself. And what is what are those elements about ourselves? And another way you can even kind of realize it is through hidden vices. So hidden vices, guilty pleasures, like whatever you're going to call it, of there's some element of guilt or shame to it. So it's why? For me, like my sister mentioned, I do like reality TV, some elements of it. And I was like, okay, why do I like reality TV? One, at the end of the day, I do want to turn my brain off to some extent. And it does feel like just like junk food for the brain. Fine in moderation, but like too much of it probably isn't great. But I like the element of it because I was a sociology major in college and I find it wildly fascinating how we can all watch the same scene of a group and then their individual confessionals are like rewriting the story or sharing their own perspective. And I'm like, we watched what happened. Like, why do you think you can pull one over on us or they really do believe what they're saying? And I just find it so interesting of just like a sociological perspective of like group dynamics one instance can go off and be a whole theme for the season. And you're like, wow, they really just pulled something out of nothing. And I watched it and I was entertained. So like that to me is just so interesting. But you know what it really is? It's gossip. It's definitely gossip. That's what it is in the confessionals. It's what it is, at least on the shows that I'm watching of like real housewives. That's totally there. And I was like, that's interesting because in my life, like I try very, very hard to not gossip and to not be embedded in other people's drama, to not triangulate. I see the value of conflict and working through things together, but I, I don't want to hear too much as far as like outside of my circle. But there's also a part of me that'd be like, how amazing would it feel to be petty? How amazing would it feel to dis disregard how someone else's like would be impacted by what you're saying in this conf confessional that you know is going to be broadcasted? Like, I think it would feel so incredible, even though there would be way too much damage and it would not be worth it. But I have a confessional in my head going, even if I don't say it, I have to admit it. Like, I'm sure thinking things in my head, I'm just seeing someone who's saying it, you know, it's easier for me to judge them. It's easier for me to laugh at them. But all of these things tell us about ourselves. 
And what is it? I asked on my Q&A, like, what are people's hidden vices? And there's a lot of reality TV, so I know I'm not alone. Some people's were like endless scrolling on TikTok. Some were, someone said doom scroll, scrolling. Someone said expensive beauty treatments. Um, and someone said teen movies and dramas from the 80s, like nostalgia. Some people said eating or like chocolate and sweets. Someone said having a weed gummy after putting the kids down to bed. Someone said listening to Call Her Daddy, another podcast that is interesting, but definitely pretty raunchy and pretty, you know, out there. They're feeling guilty about it. Someone said um, smut romance novels. And so there's terms out there of like smut or just like trashy or brad, which means beach read after dark. And you'd be surprised in the, I have a friend who is in the, um, the like literary industry. She was telling me like 800% higher are like romance novels. And they're not who you think they're coastal millennial women, oftentimes moms, oftentimes Christian. She was telling me that if you look on Amazon, there's like some Christian speaker, Lisa Turkhurst, and it's like the recommended purchases that people who have bought her books also purchased. And so this is a little inappropriate. If you're listening with kids, then like turn it down for a little bit. But it was like Lisa Turkhurst's book, her other devotional book, a romance novel and like a vibrator or something. And I was like, wow, we women are real dynamic there. So it's like, it's out there, even if you're admitting you're not like, what is it? And I'm not typically a romance novel person, at least not intentionally. My husband and I went on a getaway last week and my friend lended me a copy of It Ends With Us, which is a book. And I was like, oh, great. She was like, it's a great read. And I was reading it and I was like, yikes, this took a turn. And I was thinking like, I hope Aaron doesn't look over my shoulder as I'm reading this. Like, you know, when you're like on an airplane and you're like, I hope the passenger isn't seeing what I'm seeing. It got like, I'm feeling like, blushed thinking about it like it was definitely one of those type of books so there are more people reading those than you think you listening probably read it you probably know exactly what I'm talking about and you don't want to admit it but why do we hide it about ourselves is there a safe place to talk about it It, those elements are in us it's just how do we not section it aside and how do we not carry the shame about that and talking about it so I actually am going to bring a friend in here. We're not necessarily going to go into like her deep, dark secrets in the way that like I vulnerably put out mine out there of driving to freaking Austin. And, you know, I like reality TV. I'm not going to ask that of someone whose name isn't on the podcast, but I do think it's interesting because we've had these conversations before. Now a quick pause to hear from my sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Aid. Aid offers fractional virtual assistants whose sole purpose is to help people who are making a difference. Are you bogged down in your email and still managing your own calendar? Delegating those tasks to a high-caliber career assistant can free you up to utilize your time towards the areas of your best and highest use, allowing you to focus on the areas you truly thrive in. Learn more at efficientaid.com. That's efficient, A-I-D-E dot com. Okay, back to the episode. So first, hi, Emily. Hi. I'm so glad you're here. Thanks for having me. I'm going to give the listeners the back end because we've been childhood friends Mm -hmm. because our dads are friends, but it's really more accurate to call them frenemies. Yes, that's cute. (laughs) It is cute because they deeply love each other and they bicker a lot, Mm -hmm. but they love to bicker and they love to like gently tease because it's a foundation of love. 
but they definitely are like making fun of each other. Like your dad can roast my dad in the best impression of him ever. True. He's easy to roast though. That's so true. Sweet Steve Cobble. <laughs> Sweet Steve Cobble. We love Steve. His emails are purple font. <laughs> It's very my dad. Also, what was the degree Fahrenheit he has to have the room? Oh, right. Yeah, there's like, it's like freezing. It's freezing. It's specific. Mm -hmm. I haven't lived in his home in many a year, so I don't know. <laughs> but your dad and my dad, my dad will work knows. together. Yeah. Your dad your dad probably knows my mm -hmm. dad <laughs> to a level that I definitely don't because of their years and years of friendship. But Emily and I are one of those rare instances where we actually are still friends after childhood, mm -hmm. which like kind of never happens. And if you've noticed, I have a beautiful Erwan, gorgeous $17 smoothie in front of me because this is, it's not like our, you know, guilty pleasure. We definitely like are fine to enjoy it. It's guilty because it's expensive, but she brought this to me as my guest because it's a shared love in that whenever we hang out, we're like, what if, what if we spent $17 on a smoothie today? I think we deserve it. I Cheers. Think it's Cheers. Erwan, sponsor me so I don't have to pay $17. Mm. I'll give mm -hmm. you an episode plug. This is your only free one. As I build and grow, you can't afford you can't afford me, please. <laughs> Anyways, so you've lived in LA for a couple years now, but you're not from LA. So give the listeners just a little background on like you as a person. Okay. I grew up in DC, um, which I love so much. It's like one of my favorite cities. And then I was super interested in music. So I ended up going to college in Nashville for that. And then I met my husband, Riley, there. Then we moved. Well, I moved to L.A. and he followed me to L.A. Oh, yeah. Which was great. Yeah. Win-win. Win-win. Yeah. As far as music, too, you were like checking the mic levels with my producer, Lito. So oh. you're like, oh, we you know, asking all these specific questions. And you're like, it's so weird to talk and not sing. And I was like, you can sing like <laughs> sing the whole family. <laughs> can you imagine if I actually did that? It sound better than what I just did. I don't know. It's early. People plug her music. Go listen to it. But you don't get it here. You have to go find her and then subscribe to her. Anyways, keep going. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for that. Well, I'm trying support. to grow this and I'm like, how can I grow other people? <laughs> Love it. Anyways, you moved here with Riley. Mm -hmm. Anime loving Riley. Anime loving, video game loving Riley. Tie dye wearing. Mm -hmm. Croc wearing. Plant daddy. Yeah. Cat daddy. Cat daddy now. Yeah, we have two cats. They found you. They did in my Jeep. <laughs> yes. Which is a whole other thing. Um, yeah, I feel like that's... But you moved here yeah. for music. Yes. Songwriting. Songwriting, yes. I do a lot of sessions with different artists. Um, I'm doing a little band project called Cherry Swim Club, which is like a very alt-indie, pop-rock, nostalgic vibe, which is so fun. So you. Um, yeah, I just, I love making things. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's just so fun. I love singing. I love doing like K-pop stuff. Mm -hmm kind of all over the place as a writer, but it's what I love. I love it. And the reason I wanted you as a guest here is especially in this like blind spot, you know, hidden vices, that kind of thing of you as a songwriter have an insight into some people's most vulnerable states. Mm -hmm. Like you are an observer of people for sure. And we like, so in the mornings, you and I used to kind of work out together and you live like a couple blocks. So we would carpool all the time. Yeah. And we would have all of these kind of conversations. Like I miss those so much, by the way. I wish you joined my gym. Ugh, the it's Equinox cult. But <laughs> we used to do class pass and we used to do boxing. Yes. And that was my favorite class. Um, but we'd have these conversations in the morning before we would, you know, get mm -hmm. our expensive smoothies. But these are the kind of things that we would talk about all the time as yeah. far as like just following our trains of thought and everything. So in the concept of like um, blind spots and that kind of thing, I shared up on the front of the episode of like I asked like 
friends yesterday on text, no one really helped me except for my mom <laughs> because no one really wants to answer. How do you unpack like such a big sense of that? Mm-hmm. And one way I was thinking is people who aren't familiar with Enneagram, there are nine numbers there and you take a test and you kind of identify like which one's the most like you, but there are like shadow sides of each of them. Mm-hmm. And that's one way to help you kind of understand if you're not particularly able to identify that about yourself. So I'm an Enneagram three, which is an achiever. And you are? I'm an eight. Which is? A challenger. A challenger. So what is like it about the challenger? So the achiever is like, I want to go. I want to be the best. I want to try. The shadow side is actually shame, which is like um, pushing down parts of ourselves that we don't like about ourselves, that we don't feel are worthy. So like, Mm -hmm. do you know what's the shadow side of an eight? The shadow side of an eight, when I was reading about it, it was a lot about being overly dominant Mm -hmm. and kind of I don't know like what's the word dictate like a dictatorial or aggressive yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like that um just super like over like doing it Mm -hmm. on all levels I feel like yeah Yeah. like um a higher intensity than maybe the the incident incurs Mm -hmm. when I think of like at least the some of the unhealthy eights I've experienced they're almost like wounded animals just thrashing like Mm. so much power but like it's not towards necessarily always the right scenarios and they wound other people yeah but it's because they have a power and they're just using that power in maybe the most unhealthy Mm -hmm. sense but there's other shadow sides of every enneagram number like your husband uh, riley he's a seven yes sevens are so fun sevens are they're the enthusiast right totally yeah Mm -hmm. Sevens. I think my dad's a seven too. A lot of my best friends are sevens too. Yeah. When yeah. we did, when I did my episode of which parent did you marry? Your mom asked you, and oh, I was yeah. like, we all know. Yeah, we, we we all know. We know you married my dad. You married your dad. Mm-hmm. Enneagram seven. Yeah, totally. It's like party all the time. Popular. Knows everyone. Knows every waiter's Never name. Never meets a stranger. Yeah. No life of the party mm-hmm. enthusiast. Also, when you picture sevens, they are a like one hundred one foot holes. So they'll like do like a foot in something and then go on to the next thing that interests them versus like an Enneagram five, which is like Aaron, which is one 100 foot hole, like one area of expertise down, 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 down. like more and more, more nuance where sevens are like, I'm going to dabble here. I'm going to dabble here. I'm going to dabble. Like, I think they get bored fast. Totally. And they're like, I'm going on to the next thing. Yeah. But like Enneagram is such a helpful. These are all tools. Like these are all complete tools to identify like who you are and Potentially even like the shadow side of yourself. So we have some questions submitted here around the topic. So I'll have you read some off. Okay. Here's the first one. Do I need to know my blind spots? If you don't want to, no. <laughs> Just keep living your freaking life. This podcast Ignorance is about is yeah. This podcast <laughs> is about just exploring stuff. But yeah, if you turn off this podcast and you're like, I don't care, go for it, man. I like I like to explore. But yeah, there is there is actually. It's a light question, but there is some point to stop over-examining yourself and just live your life. Yeah, I think like the perfectionist in me is like, oh God, make a list of all the things Mm -hmm. that are wrong with myself (laughs) Uh and then like go through them and like, how can I do this better? But realistically, am I going to remember every single thing? Probably not. Yeah. You know? So did we answer your question? I don't know. It's up to you. You really don't have to. No one's no, so no one's forcing you. At what point do hidden vices become like they're crossing the line? Like they are becoming addictions or just really bad habits or, you know, 
kind of spiraling into very unhealthy things. Mm-hmm. Well, if it's an addiction, it's definitely crossed the line from vice to serious. Mm-hmm. So like that one, that'll say in itself. But like there's the more benign version, version which is like a coping mechanism, mm-hmm. which is like when you're continually going to it, which can also just be a helpful trigger. Like trigger is usually saying like, oh, trigger warning. Triggers can also be really helpful because they show areas you need to heal or areas you need focus on. Like for me, if I'm overwhelmed, I can feel myself wanted to attach. And that's a trigger to me of like, okay, I'm trying to numb. I'm trying to, you know, something is overwhelming me and I have healthy mechanisms and some unhealthy ones. But I remember our counselor once where I was telling him, I was like, yeah, I'm feeling overwhelmed. So I know if I move my body, it'll be good. Or like, I know if I kind of like meditate and pray, I was like, but I just sometimes just like really want to make like a batch of cookies. And he goes, make the cookies. Yeah. He goes, that also feels good sometimes. He's like, your type of personality is never going to go, you know, insane with that. He goes, just make the cookies. And I was like, oh, like, even if it's unhealthy, if in moderation, like, that's okay too. Sometimes don't beat yourself up for, you know, some elements like that. But again, this question is a little more overextended where if you're asking the question, I think you probably already know. And it may be at that point. Um, But it's always good to just kind of be aware. Like, what's your take? What are your thoughts on it? I don't know. I think a lot of it is about the frequency. Because like, personally, I love to just pop a weed Mm -hmm. gummy and order Taco Bell and watch Love Island. <laughs> so that's like friends do that. They all oh pop a gummy so nice. and then watch their show on their couch. That to me and this phase of my life is like peak relaxation. Mm-hmm. Like cuddling with the cats, like a Friday night in. It's mm-hmm. so nice. But if I'm doing that every single day, yeah. which I don't really have time for. But if I was doing that every single day, that's probably not great. Mm-hmm. But again, like what if like someone was going through a breakup and they need seven days of doing that? maybe that's okay. You know, like, I think it depends on the situation too. Cause it's like, you just don't know what people are are going through. And if that's like how you're coping with life, Mm -hmm. I think it's a pretty harmless. I think what you you say was interesting of like frequency and then context, Mm -hmm. you know, ask yourself those and then see from there too. Mm -hmm. But I think it's a great question to ask in general. Yeah. How should I respond if my blind spots are being pointed out and I didn't ask for them to be? (laughs) Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Spicy. Sounds like you're married. Yeah. I would say. <laughs> True. True. I would say um, it's interesting. There's just a lot of nuances there. I would say the natural human reaction is to be defensive, mm-hmm. period. I would think you can just allow yourself being like, oh, wow, I wasn't ready for that. But it's how honest do you actually want to be with yourself and with others? I think you can even tell whoever is telling you that like hey this is a conversation and maybe I'd like to have later but not right now like if you're not in the mental space to receive then it's not going to be helpful either way and then you have to identify one who is this person in me do I want them to speak into my life in this way because you may not but then if they are then you may want to find a time where you're in a receptive mode ready to not be defensive and just take the feedback that they're giving you because if they love you it's probably to help you likely it's not to micromanage you likely it is to give you a greater insight to yourself that you don't have I have an example of this Ooh, okay so this was a couple years ago me and Riley went out to I think like dinner and drinks with a bunch of friends I think there were like maybe five or six of us in the group we're all talking having a couple drinks whatever it's super casual and we get home 
and I'll never forget because I was so embarrassed. Riley was like, just like a note. And I was like, oh, oh God, here we go. Here it comes. What's the note? Um, he was like, just a note. Like, I noticed today you were talking a lot and like you were just really passionate about what you were saying. But it looked like some other people in the group might have something to say. And it seemed like they didn't know like when to say it. Mm. And so I have like multiple reactions to that. The first one is like, oh, my God, how embarrassing. Like, you never mm -hmm. want to be that person who's like, blah, 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 blah. like, you know, just yeah. like talking and like not aware of everybody else being like, oh, my God, shut up, mm -hmm. you know. But then my other thought was like, why didn't they just say something mm -hmm. like that's, and yeah, then, like, like if you want to talk, speak up. Is that what your thought? Yeah. Was? Like, mm -hmm. I don't know if they were like shy about something or they didn't know how to interrupt and be like, hey, I'd love to add to that. Mm -hmm. Um because some people like have trouble doing that, you know, and I understand that. But I also am like, that's just not how the world works. Mm -hmm. Like, if you want to say something and share your perspective, like you have to make a space for yourself mm -hmm. to say it. And it might be interrupting somebody to like, get your point across. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. So I have like, I'm wondering what you think of that situation. What I think is actually how kind and gentle of Riley to put it up that way. Oh, yeah. He's very sweet. Like uh, my <laughs> my takeaway outside of we'll, we'll table that and sidebar the other part. But I'm like, that's a great husband is he's looking out for you that way. And I know he celebrates that part of you. Mm -hmm. And I know that he will speak up, you mm -hmm. know, but I think it's I think it's great of him to clue you in. It doesn't even yeah. necessarily mean you have to change behavior. But I just think it's really cool that he loves you enough to tell you in that kind of way mm -hmm. and to see you in that kind of way. Um, well, to answer your question, I don't know. I wasn't there. But I do think I, I haven't known you to ever not allow space. But I think it's also because mm -hmm. I'll just say what I want to say. So yeah, you and yeah. I are totally fine. Yeah. I think someone quieter, you know, I don't know. But I, I've not known you to fill up a room, you mm -hmm. know, in a way that like someone can't come in because you're always very gracious and very interesting. Mm. I say that I also know you have a strong impact, mm. which is what I respect about you. Mm. So I think someone who is feeling more intimidated, which is regardless of their side of the fence, yeah. again, like you're right, their side of the fence, I could see how they could feel that way because you are so strong and determined. And I know you to also be very gracious and understanding, but you can also come across of an Enneagram eight, which yeah. is oh, yeah. so strong. And yeah. like someone who is like, less presenting in that way mm -hmm. may just defer back. Yeah. So it's a weird both and of, I do love that about you. I don't want you to change that, but also I know I can take it. I know someone yeah. else who's a little more gentler, like you may just want to be aware of those scenarios mm -hmm. in the way that Riley's cluing you in. Yeah. Which is great. And my greatest takeaway is like, go Riley. I knew I liked him, but especially <laughs> I like that because he's not intimidated by you. No. And he can say something like that in a loving way. Mm -hmm. And I, I like, I like that he did that. Now I'm much more aware. I think cause that was like a couple years ago and now I'm like, okay, we're going to hang out with a big group. Like, I'm like, <laughs> yourself up. I'm like, okay, like talking to myself, like, okay, mm -hmm. I know that I, if I have something to say, I can say it, but mm -hmm. I need to pay attention and make sure no one's feeling left out. I like that one. Yeah. Okay. Next question. Are there any situations where it's better to embrace your blind spots rather than correct them? I mean, I think, yes. I'm trying to think of what kind of situation part of, part of me think is, yeah, eat the cookies if you're overwhelmed sometimes. Eat the cookies. Eat the cookies. Eat the cookies. Eat the, the cookie weed. dough. Like, yeah. That's my favorite part about it. I feel like things like that are harmless again. And like if you're not doing them a lot. Yeah. Also, yeah. you're human. You're never going to correct every single blind spot, period. 
Like there's just no way. There's no way you're not going to hit perfection. So at some level, you just may need to also be like, this is me and I'm doing the best I can. And for me, I think, okay, that's where I need God's grace. Like that's the best I can do. I'm curious, actually, how would that apply to like gossiping? Because Mm. I feel like everybody talks about what everybody's doing. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's necessarily considered gossiping. Is gossiping only like negative things? Or is it also just like, oh, Haven and Aaron, we're doing this today, blah, blah, blah. No, that feels fine. I think gossip is there's a malintent below it or it's sharing something that you don't have permission to share. Mm. That's how I would constitute gossiping is if you're sharing something out of context, not to serve them and not to uplift them. Or if you have like a sub intention that's not pure, or if you have information that you have not been given information by them to share outside of them. And in those three instances, I don't think so. But in Mm -hmm. just like casual conversation, I think it's okay. What if you're like upset about something though? And I'm like, I call my best friend and I'm like, this person did this. You don't know them. Like I don't say their name or whatever. No, that to me, I think is very helpful because then you give them the scenario and like Candace is my best friend. Like that's how I feel about my best friend, Grace. She knows everything because she helps me work it through. Mm -hmm. And she's the safe place for me to vent where I'll say to her what I'd like to say. And she goes, don't say that. (laughs) She goes, don't do that. But I need a safe place. So Candace and Aaron probably are that for me. And I think it's, I think you're right though. Cause I don't think it's gossip at all. Okay. I think it's like very much. So here's the scenario laying out. Yeah. Like, and you just need the safe place to like buffer and be raw and be true. Like Candace taking on the hidden vice, she hears all my confessionals like that are in my head. She yeah. hears everything. And like, I need a place to actually get those out. So mm-hmm. they're not just like trapped in my brain. This made me think of This is kind of a tangent. Go for it. But it made me think of this conversation you and I had, which was so funny about, I don't know if this is considered advice. I'm curious what you think Uh about how you were like, I'm really like, you were like, I'm really annoyed at my sister right now. Uh Uh-oh. And I was like, what do I? And you were like. Clancy's in the room. Pause. Oh, oh no. Why are you telling this? Emily? yes, fine. (laughs) Man, everyone's going to know secrets from this freaking episode no i think it's okay it's it's so i think it's hilarious okay. i get mad about stuff like this, this is too. when we were carpooling <laughs> and we were it was a sacred time no you can do share. you know what I'm, i don't yeah, know, I know exactly it's the freaking ugg shoes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're like i've had these ugg boots in this color in this style this is such a, a sister problem if you have sisters you're gonna be like oh i co-signed this yeah okay it's such a sister set thing. up the context go ahead share the story so we're talking you're like i'm really annoyed with my sister right now i'm like why and you're like well i've had these ugg boots in this specific color and style and i was wearing them and I, she liked them i don't know if she like said something about them <laughs> but then she went and bought the exact pair yes. and you were like are you kidding me? Like the exact same pair, like at least get a different color or something. <laughs> What's funny about this is you, it was like one of those confessional moments. I ended up not telling her cause you go, everyone has those shoes. Like it's not a problem. And I was like, okay, fine, Emily, you're right. You're right. I'm the problem here. But you were right though. We need the friends who are like, it's not a big deal. You're being like dramatic about it. Okay. But I definitely have that 
to I think it's advice. Mm-hmm. I think it's advice of like Okay. <laughs> no, like it's okay. It's okay. I have it too. I know, I know. The Enneagram three is like, don't tell people my problems, but this is the point. Keep this going. Is what, isn't that the point of this it episode? It is the point. It just makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's your podcast and this is a topic you chose. I know. So we have to talk okay, about it. Enneagram eight, just like slap me. <laughs> tell me more. It's not you're bad. Right. No, you're right. I have the same thing, like I, it's so irrational, but I hate it when people copy me mm-hmm. too, but it's like really just a compliment. Mm-hmm. And also we all copy each other all the time. Like that's mm-hmm. what a fashion trend is, for yes. example. Like there's no way to get around it. Mm-hmm. And we all like the same things for the same reasons. And it's funny because it's such a sister thing yeah. where like growing up, I would be like so proud of an outfit. And then my sister would be like, love it go into her closet and change and then come out and I'd be like mad and I'd tell my mom and she would be like, well, you have the problem with it. I'm like, I'm the originator of it. Make her change. And she would say no. And I was like, okay. And again, I shared like in my last episode, individual Little Mermaid, let me be my own self. Anyone who copies me, I actually don't enjoy it because it touches on a childhood wound. But yeah, if you have Ugg boots, I know you're not copying me. Clancy, I know you're not copying me. It's a style and I'm happy for you. And my friend Emily, who loves me enough, told me it was my problem. I feel you. I had a couple situations with friends where they bought the exact same color of the exact same shoe. Mm-hmm. But that was like, oh, I guess we'll just match. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, that's gracious. I, and I realize, though, I do that. I'm like, oh, I love that. Like, that's a great idea. That's a great thing. Yeah. So I can't get mad at someone else when I do it myself. Yeah. I copy people all the time. Thank but you. But not people in my circle. I feel like that's weird. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I have a lot of feelings about that. Because it's awkward. You show up with the same top. Yeah. In the same color. The same shoe to Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah. Just kidding. I know we just said this was my problem. I'm not going to be a dead also, horse. like, it's Uggs. Like, we love Uggs. Uggs sponsor us. Uggs. <laughs> the takeaway is I'd love to be sponsored by Uggs, and my sister would, too. Like, we'll both take a sponsorship deal. My sister would like to add an ender because she was. I'm, I'm, I've been sitting here just so blessed by the realization that I'm related to the trendsetter for Uggs, who somehow was the first and only person to ever think, hmm, brown Uggs, that's cool. That's my thing. They're brown Uggs. I also want to add, I gave her this sweatshirt. <laughs> she's wearing it was a hand-me-down it was going to goodwill <laughs> oh my gosh this is extra content <laughs> that we can just going on the <laughs> yes it is it'll be a, it'll it be is going on it <laughs> well this is it took a turn on the end i said softball question to end and we definitely shared another side of me but no as jokes aside this was so wonderful i'm so Aww. glad to have you on here like this just reminds me of like our early morning car rides with our yeah. smoothies like it was Aww. awesome well, thank, thank you, you for, for coming me it was awesome. So, okay, the end of the episode. I feel flushed because this was an embarrassing one in a good way. But like, subscribe, follow. Uh, my Instagram will do Q&As like this. You can support, submit some more. Smart. <laughs> Smart. You can submit long-form questions to hello at havenpod.com. And other than that, I'll see you on the next episode. <laughs>